That is the sound of the alarm clock that wakes me up in the mornings. <laughs> well, well, well. Welcome back to GCTV, ladies and gentlemen. We are back for round two. We are back for episode two of our brand new Global Champions podcast that is taking place throughout this entire week. We are focusing on all of the show jumping action that is coming out of Tokyo this year at the Olympic Games. Yesterday, we had a fantastic discussion, of course, with Rodrigo and with Zoe. We continue that discussion today with two brand new guests. My name is Mark Lewis, by the way. Welcome and thank you. You. This is Frederick Debacher. I, I, I Welcome sh- and thank you too. I, I, I shunned you yesterday, so let me then maybe be friendly and put out an olive branch and say Very welcome. M- let me start much with you. Shall thank I start you. with you? Hello, Frederick. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> nice to have you here. This is available, by the way, for free for you on our GCTV Access Pass. All you need to do is go to GCTV, sign up, put your details. Your Access Pass is for free, and you will catch every minute of our Global Champions podcast that is available to you. As always, the man that you are very accustomed to by now on my right, Frederick Debacher, thank you for your time. We have gold, silver, and bronze medalists, and we will unpack it all today throughout the next hour. The two gentlemen that we have asked to join us today, Frank Schuttet, thank you very much for your time today. Very cool to have you here. A day filled with uh, refreshments, surprises, and some pretty good show jumping as well. Did you enjoy yourself thus far? Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it was a uh, great spot that we saw today, and uh, a well-deserved uh, winner, and uh, also the one who was second and third. Uh, well done. Uh, it was great to see. Okay. He means third, the one who was. Third. Yeah, he's very he happy with the one that was third. <laughs> he'll he'll focus on third major <laughs> majorly. I have no doubt today. Um, and then the man on my left hand side. I believe that you have been so excited for this podcast, Mikey Pender. We are so excited to have you here. I watched him training yesterday. And I could almost see him practicing for the podcast today as he was uh, doing his <laughs> rounds yesterday. Mikey, thank you for joining us today. Welcome. Good day show jumping today. Thank you. Yeah, I think it was an unbelievable day show jumping. Um, was an um, unbelievable sport. And a um, big well done to the medal winners. And um, also to, uh, to everybody else who were great rounds. And um, I think it was fantastic show jumping. It has been a day filled with some, some pretty emotional moments. And there were times where whilst watching the live I think every one of us probably had one particular moment where we jumped up. Either it was, um, you know, issues around horses, a final fence, a time fault, etc. Frederick, let's maybe start with you and just what brought us to this point today. Santiago Varela coming back, 88 seconds allowed in the course today. Before the day's action started, did you take a look at the course and, and have some concerns that stood out for you ahead of today? Uh, n- no concerns. Uh, when we got the course plan, um, I saw it early this morning and I said, Again, 14 fences, it's a lot of jumping, two doubles, triple combination. Uh, long course, 88 seconds time allowed, just like yesterday, 14 fences, long course. Um, he had it spot on yesterday to get 30 through. Thir- the only 30 that didn't make a fault um, got through to the final, so that was spot on perfect. And then um, you'll have to wait and see uh, what he brings for day two. Um, I think yesterday was a very fair um, first round. But if you would compare it to the ordinary first round at the Olympics, I think it was bigger and tougher than a normal first round. But he only has two rounds and a jump off to make up the Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was excited to see what he brought yesterday, uh, today. And it was, um, it was more technical. It was bigger. It was more difficult. Um, and it feels that, again, he had it spot on, Frank. Yes, he got uh, six clears on the end. I think that's perfect. Uh, very good job the course builder did yesterday. Uh, sh- as you said, all the ones without the jumping fold went through to today. And uh, we saw a brilliant class. A uh, uh, lot, uh, lot, of, lot of surprises happened. Uh, the 
call out a few, maybe a uh, time fault from Scott. Yeah. I wow. think he must have been really, really, really disappointed. His horse was jumping really good and uh, he was riding it perfectly. Unfortunately, just a bit too slow. Uh, I, I, I bet he would love to be in, in, the, in that jump off on this moment. Mm. Uh, Jerome Guerri, that many, many of us had him as a medal uh, chance. Uh, also, his horse was nowhere in the problems. And then he had a miscommunication on the last fence. Uh, yeah, so there were a few moments like that, but on the end, uh, we saw a great, great jump off. And uh, the one that is winning already he everything yeah. for a few years uh, now also has his uh, well-deserved gold medal. Let's let's start with the with the Scott Brash. The first thing that that you mentioned, um, Scott Brash rode the turn from one to two, and you said, "Oh, he's taking his time." Yeah, I I, I, s I said it. I think after four or five when he did the rollback to the doubles of verticals, but he started one two already quiet. But okay, it's it's Scott Brash is one of the best riders in the world. So and for one sure of the fastest riders in the world as well. This is yeah. why this is so strange, right? Yeah, but for sure he had it planned. Uh, he had it planned like that to start off maybe a bit easy. I think he just yeah he mis miscalculated uh, the time allowed and uh, it was on the wrong day today. Mikey, you saw the course plan as well today. Do you think what you saw on paper did it kind of reflect on the screen today from the riders? Yeah, well, I suppose it's very different when you're looking at Olympic Games with all the different jumps and um, so many spectacular jumps. Um, I think uh, the B of the, the double of verticals caused um, the most problems today. And um, we already seen that after the first two in the ring um, had falls there. So um, I think it was a um, very difficult course um, and definitely very big. I know that you have offered Edwina Tops Alexander Frederick friendship status of the podcast. She's yeah. been doing some uh, wonderful work for us uh, from Tokyo. In fact, sending us some great voice notes and some feedback and her perspective as to what's taken place. So in case you haven't seen the course plan and are joining us for the first time this afternoon, we will unpack everything throughout the day. But let us give you Edwina Tops Alexander's perspective on what the course offered today ahead of the second round. I've just finished walking the course. I would have to say it's different from yesterday. It's used a lot more colors today, um, a bit more optical illusions. There's a lot more options. It's definitely one hole bigger, wider. I think there are gonna be some different results today, I hope. I'll just run you through it. Number one is a tall vertical, a little bit gappy. Then there's a rollback inside turn to nice oxa, not too big. Four strides, a little bit continue to a vertical, I guess, depending on how you jump that oxa. Then there's a right-hand turn to an oxalate little bridge and there's a Liverpool underneath that, that that could catch a few out if they look down into it. Then it's a short eight or a continue seven to a chopstick looking fence, quite gappy. Then there's a roll back to the left to a double of walls or a wall and a gate, I guess you could say, two strides very short. Then there's a short seven after that to quite a big oxa or a continue six I would probably go on the seven then again an outside seven or or six to the triple combination oxa one stride vertical one stride oxa interesting colors there on the fence so that's going to be interesting quite short coming out then you turn right to the open water which looks very big today uh, or quite wide let's put it that way and then it's five and a half to a very tall vertical so I think at the end most of them are going to do five down there a little bit nice five yesterday i was actually planning on doing seven after the water and ended up getting six so i think with the momentum probably most of them are going to go in five there 
then all the way around to a double triple bar one stride vertical quite short inside but they do not land normally far out on the triple bar so that's going to be interesting to see how they jump out of that plus at the end of the course horses will get tired then it's a pretty direct six to a very colorful looking plank and then it's a very short six to considering that six is a bit continuous it'll get sh short to a very wide pink beautiful looking fence Chloe would definitely love <laughs> and then there is a right hand turn to a really tall plank we don't like planks at the moment <laughs> so yeah I think depending on the time allowed and um, how everything goes it's definitely going to sort out the crowd I would gauge we're going to have I think six clear maybe eight six eight clear but to be all honest I wouldn't say it's any bigger than it's no bigger than Doha, the Grand Prix there. Um, you know, some of these GCT Grand Prix, I would say, definitely look bigger than, than today. But I guess you've got different fences and different colours and different, you know, people are more stressed, I guess, being in Olympic Games. But it's a whole new class. It's basically just a separate competition. She predicted that there would be six clears. Can we please send Edwina some lottery numbers tonight Between and, let, and her, let her go and buy some lotto tickets for us because that is outstanding foresight. Uh, Edwina Tops Alexander, thank you as always for your uh, feedback and your assistance live from Tokyo, giving us some reaction to the course. She spoke twice about the very, very colorful fences. One was at the combination in eight. The other one was the rollback to 12. Does that play a massive role for you? Are these fences that we are not used to seeing, especially from a global tour perspective? Frank, Mikey, did it stand out for you guys? Did it look anything above normal to you guys? Yeah, I think that makes uh, makes the Olympic Games a bit special compared to other shows. They have beautiful fences. I think they're also, uh, every fence has an idea behind it, something to do with, uh, with, with Tokyo or Japan. Uh, we see, for example, uh, what Mikey said before, those the the double combination, uh, was the B element went down a lot. I think it had to do a lot with the wall coming in. You had to put a bit more pressure on uh, for the wall because it might spook a little bit. And then the second fence uh, would come a bit closer than they wanted. Uh, so yeah, uh, it makes it different, especially compared to the Global Tour because that is extremely uh, delicate uh, and light material. So it's a little bit the opposite. Um, we were saying that um, the double was the most knocked down fence, especially the B part. Um, it, it could be because it's the ball, but it straight away it reminds me of yesterday. Yesterday you also had the very same rollback in the very same corner where Penelope Prevot, where Mathieu Billot all had their runouts on the samurai uh, guy, <laughs> samurai fence. Um, and now you had pretty much the same situation, rollback. You don't know as you ride up to the wall, you don't really know how your horse is going to react. The, the, the circle, the ratio, the radius of the, of the rollback is pretty much the same. Um, was that any influence? Was that into somebody's mind? Because you come out of that turn and then you've got the wall. You don't really have um, uh, rhythm to come into the combination. It's, it was short, she said, Edwina, as she uh, walked the course. Um, why and how did we, uh, which approaches did we see? For, from my perspective, I saw a lot of deep strides to the, to the wall to start with yeah you don't want to on the wall you don't want to give too much uh, too much space uh, in case they spook a little bit so you want to get a little bit closer also maybe that the horse jump a bit backwards and then uh, you get more space for the for the B part and then yeah, bec because you because you get deep you land deep and then you got more room but in this case it was B that got knocked down the most 
Yeah, and I think after even the first two went them, the boat had be down. Mm. So I think also maybe that's why we've seen so many people right so close to the wall to try and um, help them to jump B. Um, it still fell down a lot, but um, I think at the end of the class they started to to started to be able to jump a little bit better as well. Yeah. Do you think six into the jump of Mikey was an adequate number? Was a was an appropriate number that made it through today? I think um, it's a fantastic number from um, 30 riders um, with the world's mm. best um, inside combinations. And when you speak about explosion, um, all them great horses in, in the class. So uh, I think that's um, an unbelievable number. And I think Bote Santiago done a fantastic job. Because there were a couple of retirements in the first five. I think mm -hmm. the first clear only came inside the first 10 riders as well. Frank, were you expecting it to to reach six after a performance like that from the first couple out the gate? I have to say, when I saw a few more, I thought it would be more uh, more clears because it was not... You said 10 at the well I was going to say, what was his number? 10 you wanted, right? Yeah. You expected? But there were uh, six on the end, two on a time fault. Uh, okay, uh, it looked like they were jumping it uh, yeah. easy enough. Like, no, it was not one fence that caused it from a lot more problems than the other. There was no real joker. Um, yeah, on the end, uh, six was perfect. To say uh, you you always get uh, maybe one or two surprises and have to say massive well done also to uh, Dasuko Fukushima what a what a ride great no? result <laughs> in, uh, in your home country and I know how hard they worked for it for this moment they did everything for it uh, he left his fam he left his family a kind of uh, to go for this goal together with uh, Shokumula Wim Schreuder and his teammates uh, out of Japan and then. You have to wait another year after all this COVID things, and then perform on that moment like this is just amazing, uh, and yeah, massive well done. And it's it's almost a big achievement as well, Ben did. Because you said that he's he's not coming back. <coughs> no, he uh, he's not staying in uh, Germany. He's going back uh, to, uh, to Japan. Japan. Uh, yeah, he also he has his family there, and uh, maybe uh, you never know. Maybe. Changed his mind a little bit now, but uh, I don't know. But anyway, that was the plan, and uh, so it's some way to. The, the horse is coming back. Is any any of you looking for a good horse? It, it, it jumps triple clear in the Olympics. <laughs> I think there'll be <laughs> a lot of riders um, that, <laughs> that would bit. like to ride on him. <laughs> <laughs> if he um, he go, he comes sixth in the end, he's the slowest of the clears, only clears in the jump off. Um, if he were later to go, um, would it have been different for him? I'm not sure. Um, the other five uh, combinations were all Grand Prix winners. I think five-star Grand Prix winners. The one is even faster as the other one, as, as, as we saw. So for sure he was the underdog. And then to go f to go in that class first, I think he did everything that he uh, could have done. Yep. He, must, yeah, he was hoping for some faults, but the other horse, they were end riders were in such a great shape. Uh, that's one of the reasons no one had a fault actually in the jump off. And that's why the podium was uh, how it was. We we spoke to Rodrigo Almeida yesterday quite a bit about national pride, and he was focusing on Luciana Denis, hoping that she would go on to to make it onto the podium today. And I know that we'll talk about your national pride later on when it comes to the medals. But uh, one of the big talking points to come out of today as well was Kian O'Connor. And before we get to to what took place there, Mikey, when you when you come out and watch Irishmen run and jump and and perform anywhere, especially on Olympic stage, does that how do you react then as, as a local Irishman to, to watch your compatriots perform? Yeah, definitely. Um, you're rooting for the Irish. And um, 
I think they all jumped very good today. Um, they were unlucky it was not their day, and um, there'll be another day. Um, hopefully the team will be good, um, and hopefully they'll win a medal. We have a voice note as well from yeah. Keanu O'Connor, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You actually touched base with him. Do you want to take us through that? Yeah. So um, as a, if you if you watched the Olympics live, you, you saw that um, the horse had a nosebleed. It was not a lung bleed. It was a nosebleed. Um, and luckily, Kian uh, was so kind of us to give us an update on the horse, not just a voice message, also image. Oh so I if you're watching on, on Facebook Live or on GCTV, you can uh, you can watch it. So uh, yeah, let's listen to what Kian O'Connor had to say. Hey everybody. Tough night, uh, just finished the individual final where myself and Kilkenny finished seventh. Um, unfortunately, he had a nosebleed towards the end of the competition, but uh, luckily he's recovered well, he looks great. Vets have checked him over and he seems fine. Um, we're allowed to continue to compete, but for me, his future is more important. I'm going to mind him, I'm going to be on the ground, I'm going to help Bertram, Dara, and Shane, and please God, they can get a team medal. And we'll be back to fight another day. I'm just happy he's in such good shape and he jumped so well throughout the qualifier and the final. So. Finished seven with the Olympic Games, not so bad, and uh, we'll be back again. Fight another day. Thanks, everybody. Mikey, it was a scary image, but if you see this, uh, how Kilkenny is, what is it, an hour after the class, he looks fantastic. It's, it's, it was more, there was a lot of blood involved, but it's, it's, it scares more than it, than it harms, actually. Yeah, definitely. When you see the horse like that, um, he looks in great shape, and he looks, um, he looks to be good and healthy. So. Um, one of these things, I suppose, in sport, but um, I think it's unbelievable from Keane to uh, to let give Shane the chance and um, wait for Kilkenny's future. Um, he's only a nine-year-old to be seventh in individually in the Olympic Games is already a massive achievement. When he's 12, he can go to Paris. Exactly. Yeah. Well-being of Kilkenny, of course, vitally important. You are joining us today on GCTV with your access pass. You were able to get some reaction today about the individual show jumping final. We have Frank Schuttet and Mikey Pender joining us live today to give us their thoughts and their reaction. That's a bit of spotlight on the Irish. Can we put some spotlight on the Swedes yeah, as well? Maybe, maybe for the listeners, it's because I saw online there's a lot of questions. Um, why, um, why is Keen O'Connor not eliminated? Maybe we should just highlight okay, that for, yes. for people to understand. Th apparently, the blood rule only applies for spur marks and if they have a cut in their mouth. So, uh, just is I, th I think basically it's basically if, if it's uh, something to do with the rider. Yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, is it seen as a nosebleed being unnatural? So, there's no there's no harm, no foul play there. I'll tell you one thing: the number of nosebleeds I had when I was young. Uh, just not I don't want to give you too much information. Um, it's it's just it, it happens, you know. That you never had it when you when you uh, when you ran hard for something or you ran away from your mother because she or, or your father because uh, because you because uh, you didn't clean up your room. Uh, and they came running. They came running with sure. a sandal. Was that just in my house that they came running at you with a sandal? Not with a sandal. What did uh, you get? What did you get as a kid? Just a, a, a boot. Oh, just a boot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nosebleeds. That's, uh, that's nosebleeds. Right. Um, <laughs> We're going to get in trouble. Can we focus on the Swedes, please? Yes. We had Swede number one, clear. Swede number two, clear. Swede number three, clear. We'll focus on the teams later on this afternoon, and that maybe will help us unpack just how good an opportunity Sweden maybe have this weekend. But from an individual perspective, Mikey, geez, these Swedes were outstanding today. All three of them in the jump off, all three of them with a legitimate podium opportunity. They looked very strong today, didn't they? Yeah, they were amazing. And... Um the funny thing is they're all on three really, really fast horses, so um was quite hard to pick um to pick the podium with them because um 
they're such fast horses, the three of them. Um, I think it's amazing achievement from um, All In and Peter to um, to win two individual silver medals. And um, I think you said, Frederick, that um, he hasn't had a fence down in the Olympic Games so far. Yeah, All In didn't have a fence down in Rio, where he jumped one, two, three, four, five. Did he jump for jump of six jump rounds off. there? And then um, three here. That never is unreal. Never had a fault. That is unbelievable. And at a stage as big as the Olympics, to not have a single fence go down in the over the space of nine, ten rounds. This is the some stat that I got through. All in joins um, the only other horse in Olympic jumping history, the only other horse in Olympic jumping history, to win two individual show jumping medals. That was a hundred years ago. The previous horse to do it was, and here it comes, um, was Trebesco or Trebeco with the Italian rider Tommaso Lequio di Asaba in 1920 and 1924. So we're going back a hundred years yeah. for that record to be matched by all in. Yeah, because we, we're going to talk, of course, about explosion. And don't forget those five years in between now. Yeah, it yeah, it's yeah. actually more difficult. And and for my feeling, at a certain point, it to me it felt like um, that all in was retired until he came back. I thought he, w I thought he had him retired, and then he comes back. I think we saw him here for the first time, no, in uh, in in Valkenswaard in April or May, and now he goes on and jumps three clears at the Olympics and wins um, and wins the second silver medal. He did it in Rio, did it here again. What a horse! And he and he looks like the Irish would say he looks very plain. In his type, there's nothing royal, regal, there's nothing fancy, nothing special no, about him. I want Mikey to explain this. You use the descriptive term as plain in Ireland? Yeah, but plain, not P-L-A-N-E, but P-L-A-I-N. Sure, but there is nothing plain about a horse like Orlin. Like uh, when you see, I understand what you mean, when you see him uh, hand-walking, uh, you wouldn't pick him. So he uh, just looks very normal, right? He looks yes. like a riding school horse, no? <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. And he's the not ones you get down the road. And he's not very big, and um, he trots so very normal. I, I mean, there's he, he, yeah, he won't go to a dressage test, no. He doesn't do, uh, he doesn't overachieve things. He's how he is. I think he is very, very, very intelligent horse with an amazing character, and also Peter is of course a very good rider and a good combination. He knows him very well, and. Uh, yeah, the horse and uh, and both of them, they really deserve the, this medal. They almost deserve a gold medal now yeah. as well. But for sure, this will be his last Olympics on all-in. But uh, yeah, as you said, we saw him here a few months ago. and He uh, was overweight uh, at that point? Yeah, still? He, wa he came out of a break and uh, that's how it is. There are horses are like people. If they go don't get trained uh, that much, then uh, that can happen. And uh, he uh, did an amazing job to get him in ready in time. I saw him in jumping in Rotterdam. Uh, as his last preparation, and he jumped already amazing over there. So uh, he was ready uh, ready for Tokyo, and he, uh, he did it. Um, you, you say he's not an overachiever. Who has who has ever seen a horse jump a water jump like Olin today? No, yeah. no, no, correct yourself. He he didn't jump the water jump. He just he ran yellow, over. He it. just yellow. ran over it. Yeah. Like uh, that was the most remarkable thing I'd ever seen. He just it was almost like it kind of sprung up on him, and he wasn't aware, and just kept running. And somehow he was able to 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 just run over it. Actually, I want to send a message, dear Peter. Frederick Debacca thinks your <laughs> horse is. How does a how does a plain horse, Mikey, just run over a water obstacle like that? I mean, that was outstanding. I think um, it also shows his intelligence that um, he can come to the water and um, not jump it very extravagant or um, very high. 
um, at all. But he can get to the other side. He knows he knows where the tape is. He knows what he has to do, and um, that's what has him with two silver medals at the Olympic Games. Intelligence. Wow. You, you you can actually say that plain all the horses. Plain intelligence. Plain intelligence. That's actually something you could say of all the of all the horses now that were in that jump off. They're all intelligent horses, smart smart horses. Do you uh, have definitely. to be to get to an Olympic jump off individual final, guys? I think definitely. Um, also to jump two big rounds and then um, it was um, amazing to see actually not one person made a fault in the jump off. So um, I think that just goes to show you the standard that. Um, of the six riders and the six combinations in the jump off that nobody made a fault and um, six of them finished in zero. That's mm. impressive, no, Frank? Six jumpers yeah. in an Olympic individual final jump off and not a single yeah. fence went down. What does that say about the caliber of rider we watched today? Yeah, it's just all the best uh, horse and rider combination from this moment. They are there and they are in their best, uh, in their best shape. They worked to this moment for a long, long time. And uh, yeah, you see with uh, a lot of them, it all comes together now. And the ones that made it through the first round with a clear round, they are obviously in a very good form. And uh, yeah, we saw that again in the jump off. So that took us to three, by the way. We've spoken about these three famous Swedes. Henrik van Eckerman was the first one to go through. Marlon Bayo Johnson, the Swedes, I beg your pardon. Two of the Swedish horses without shoes. Oh, yeah, two of the Swedish horses without shoes. At an well. Olympics where everybody's talking about the Nike spikes. It goes better without you. Yeah, it goes better without. There was two. And then, of course, as we know, the man who landed up finishing up with a silver medal, Peter Fredriksson, who we spoke about on All In. Very impressive. That still left three. We spoke a little bit about Fukushima and how important it was for him to be there. But that left two additional riders to make it into the jump off. Surely no surprises from anyone in this room that Michael van der Flirten and Ben Mayer were the other two to come into the jump off. Surprises there, Mikey? No? No, definitely. Um, they've both been um, in great form and jumping um, clear and... Big Grand Prix um, all throughout the year. Um, I think um, Frank was on the podium with um, the two of them here in um, the Global earlier in the year. That's right. Maybe it was the wrong podium. Too early. <laughs> 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 you, you peaked too early. <laughs> too early. <laughs> but, um, Mike, you made an interesting comment uh, during the, the round of, um, of Michael van der Vleuten and Beauville. You said, oh, he's got him much straighter than, uh, than yesterday. We, we discussed a little bit his left-hand drift, the natural left-hand drift that Beauville has quite, he's got it quite strong. Um, that also cost him the win here in um, in the Grand Prix, in the five-star Grand Prix, not the not the LGCT Grand Prix, but the normal five-star Grand Prix. We discussed that in the Grand Prix analysis. Um, you you saw it straight away. It had much straighter than um, than than yesterday. Yeah, he jumped um, very straight today, and um, I think um, he really, really, really needed to have him straight that um, he could jump that last double with the triple bar and the oxer jumping out. Um, it was wide enough without making it any wider um, for himself. So um, he jumped amazing today and um, he was definitely deserved of um, the bronze medal. Yeah. On GCTV, we have a show called The Insider that features at the end of, of each Global Champions League event. You can find it with your GCTV Live Pass. Go check it out there. In that show, we often talk about glory and drama. And I think from a drama point of view, where there were three riders back-to-back. -back. Jerome Getty, we must speak about, impact on the final fence. Daniel Doyser, world number one just before him, not going through. And Niels Brainsiels as well, who was, was meant to be before him. In fact, there was a slight change in the lineup. But mm. can we talk about those three riders as well? Because there was huge drama, if we were to use some, some insider talk there, Frederick. To have Niels Brainsiels in particular, who was one of my outside 
bets for a podium. Yeah, I what think happened there today? I think um, Scott Brash, the time fault is a heartbreak. It's a pity. It's 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 painful. And the horse, um, ever since 2019, hasn't had a single time fault in any one meter 60 class. So it's it's a pity for Scott. Well prepared, the horse was ready. It was all there, uh, but for Niels, ah, that's just. Uh, you don't expect that uh, on that moment, and uh, I have no idea why it happened or how. Uh, it happened uh, on the wrong moment, and uh, yeah, I really didn't. Uh, you didn't deserve that. But you said, like in case of Scott, Scott will be more a bit, uh, yeah, uh, fucked up with himself now. Actually, at the moment, like you know, he had his horse, everything uh, going well, everything was in great form, but he just missed out. Uh, uh, on the Olympic jump off by by time fault. Uh, in case of Niels, I don't know. Uh, again, I don't know what happened, but for him, it's uh, I feel sorry, very sorry for him. He just sent me a text message. Only just. Um, what did he say? Um, yeah, he pulled off a shoe, um, and he was completely phased. He was he was he was upset, um, and I and I couldn't get the engine going. Yeah, well, that makes uh, makes sense. Yeah, we cannot see that from here. It took a long time before he came into the ring. So we were hoping it was something like that. Mm. Uh, it can also be worse. Now on the end, of course, it was uh, very bad. Maybe it got sensitive, yep. uh, and, uh, and then uh, you cannot have that on, uh, on this level of sport. Mikey, your take on that? I mean, that kind of a rider, that kind of a horse, what did you make of it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought definitely there must have been some reason for it, um, what he just said. Um, it can happen. Um, you pull off the shoe, the fire puts it back on, you're cold. Um, you make one or two jumps or three jumps and you go in um, and then the horse doesn't get going the same again. Um, it's very, very possible and um, it's just terrible for Niels that it happened on um, on this day. Uh, we spoke about Niels, uh, we spoke about um, we spoke about Keane, about Scott's Steinfeld. Um, you were, I'm not going to say upset, but you were quite disappointed wi when uh, when your friend Bertram Allen um, rode and got that fault coming into the triple combination, weren't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I had Bertram on my bets for a medal, so um, I was d very disappointed for him and um, also for the horse. The horse has been jumping great all year. And um, I think the horse is only nine and um, it's a bit inexperienced still. And um, he just went away as a combination. I think the horse went just for a second behind him. Um, I think um, hopefully we'll see him in Paris and um, hopefully he'll have a great weekend um, with the team and um, win a medal with the team and hopefully back in Paris for the individual. That's, that's a good thing. The Irish already have two horses for Paris, mm. Kilkenny and Pacino Amiro. And then there's, and then there's, uh, then there's fast forward. Hopefully. <laughs> um, that'll be perfect. Um, no, but I think um, Bertram's horse um, jumped fantastic today and um, has been in great form. And... Um, wouldn't surprise me um, if he's double clear for the team and um, gives him a big help. Yep. So there was five riders down, qualified. That left one to come. Final man out the gates. Big explosion. We're expecting big things. Any surprises for you there, Frank? Was there a, a hint of doubt for you that Ben could maybe get over the line? Was he guaranteed to get into the jump? Uh, no one is guaranteed uh, in our sport. And that that's also makes it, I find, very exciting. Uh, exciting to watch. Uh, on the end, when you see when we see the start list out of the 30, uh, maybe 20 can win. And uh, of course, you have your favourites, and Ben was one of them. And you know, when he is double clear, he will be very, very hard to beat. Uh, they didn't give it away today. Uh, I think Peter put all the pressure on him that he 
that he could because he's, I saw Ben winning jump off for example here actually the global tour this year he won it with uh, yeah, with two fingers in his nose uh, he didn't need to give everything to win because he's still faster but today he really had to go and uh, yeah then for me uh, definitely the deserved uh, deserved winner Frederick for you did it look as if it was a clear cut for explosion clear cut for Ben um, uh, every streak that uh, a horse is on or a football team that hasn't lost or um, a, a, a striker that hasn't scored, the streak ends at a certain point. The, the rail will come. That's how, that's how the sport uh, functions. Um, but it was very convincing today. And, and that's, the, that's the, the, the thing that struck me the most. Um, but maybe, maybe I'm, um, I'm living in the past. This was, was it, yes or no, an, a real Olympic final, a real individual Olympic final. I've got this gut feeling, I'm not satisfied. I'm, I'm, the best horses came out onto the podium, no doubt about that. Was this a real Olympic final? For me, I'm afraid I have to say no. What was lacking for you? What, what makes you say no? Okay, may, maybe it's the lack of, of uh, public. But I remember I was, I was in London, and in London I saw each and every round. I was there all the time, I saw everything, and it was such a build-up. And now it's like, okay, yesterday uh, we had a qualifier, that was okay, but that, uh, Santiago Varela could make it too difficult for the lower-ranked combinations. So it was easy enough for the higher-ranked combinations, you could kind of say that. And then today was a Grand Prix, uh, but I don't, ha I'm, 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 I don't have that satisfied round I, feeling. I, I don't have that feeling that I've been living up to a certain point, uh, a historic moment. Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I am. But that's I my think feeling. For the for the for the riders, uh, it's a different feeling. It's it's still the Olympics. It never. It doesn't matter uh, in way it's or in what way it's organized now with all the new restrictions. It's still the Olympics. This is your moment. You go in. You have to do it. And uh, like he pulled it off. Ben pulled it off. And he probably will be one of the only riders that wouldn't be too happy with uh, silver or bronze. Like he was yeah. going there for the gold medal. And to do that, it doesn't matter how the format is. If there are uh, people watching or not, it's your moment. And to do it like that is for me uh, amazing. And that's why I really enjoyed watching it today. Uh, Besides, of course, we all wanted uh, to have uh, spectators there mm. and, and you get a bit more action from that. But f I, f I think from a sport's view, it, uh, it's still the Olympics and you are in the books forever. It doesn't matter how, but gold, uh, is, gold is gold. No doubt about that. Gold is gold. And, and I think um, Ben Meer would also have won it if we started on Tuesday, um, rode on Wednesday, on Thursday, had a break on, on, on Friday and then rode on Saturday like it would be normal, um, the standard, the previous, the old-fashioned, if, if that's old-fashioned, uh, Olympic format. But it, it, am, am I the only one of the four, and if yes, it's so, um, that I enjoyed those Olympics so much because there was so much going on and calculating and, and it built up all the way through and, and in the meanwhile you had the team championships but it went all the way up and, and if you were individual Olympic champion, and maybe that's that's why, if you if you used to be an Oli individual Olympic champion, whether it's Eric Lamas, whether it's Nick Skelton, whether it's um, it's uh, it's Steve Gerda, you survived five grueling days of show jumping. And now it's, right. you, sh you, you survived 
a Grand Prix. That that's the only yeah. thing. That's 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 my only point that I'm. It could have maybe happened, uh, depending on the course, that a real outsider got on the podium that maybe wouldn't have been able to win it if it was over more days. Mm. But that didn't happen today. Still, the ones they were double clear are the are for me the, the best ones at the moment. So uh, I think we yeah, again we saw a great spot, and I cannot wait for the next cup. Maybe this is the feeling. I feel like I ate the ice cream too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you mean that they brought ice cream before your mains. Maybe that's it. No, th th that you th didn't just get your mains. I you just, just went straight to ice cream. Yeah, it, it just it it passed really quickly. Maybe that's the feeling. Like when you have when you have um, uh, e even even the final of the of the normal Olympics, not normal Olympics. I don't want to say it like that. The the final in Rio, the final in London, two rounds, plus potential jump off. Like this was. Mikey, this was do, you, do, you and gone. do you feel it needs to be? more intense, more build-up. Do you agree with Frederick? I think um, definitely it's definitely different than it was before. And um, I think also it doesn't help that we have no crowd um, and not as much atmosphere um, coming out at us on the television or wherever we're watching it. Um, I think um, just what we are very lucky is that um, the best horses and the horse that deserved to come out on top, I think, came out on top today. And... Um, as Frank said, that some um, outsider, um, someone that still has a very good chance, but um, mightn't win it over five days, because um, it's just really like a Grand Prix now, and it's not like um, before that really maybe someone over five days um, who doesn't have a fence down wins it. Um, but I think today um, we we had the winners and um, we had the horses that um, deserve to win. I'll share an embarrassing personal story with you because we're all friends here and it's just the four of us in this room. You talk about London 2012 and I was a young sports reporter at the time. I went through to London to cover the games. I watched some of the best athletes in the world perform at the highest stage. Do you know what memory stands out for me in London 2012 the most? The underground? When the Spice Girls performed <laughs> in the closing <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> I promise you, being in London for the Olympics and to see the Spice Girls, which was so embarrassing, which is, they were reuniting, by the way. They had reunited Again. to come for the, for the closing ceremony. And that is my standout memory of the London 2012 Games, the Spice Girls singing. It is very honest of you to share that with us. I, I, I think like it's to be honest with my friends. Yeah, well. no, everyone's yeah. gone very quiet, so I will... Uh, <laughs> I'll just move on and, and, and get take us to the jump-off, shall I? Because that is essentially our sixth and final entrant into the jump-off. Um, everyone then had high expectations for, for Ben Mayo, if he would live up to the reputation. People had high expectations for Peter Fredrickson. People had high expectations for Michael van der Fluten, who eventually ended up being the podium. I, I want to ask if it was a surprise that those three were on the podium, because those names came up a lot in the predictions that we had put in. Was there ever going to be, Frank, an outside opportunity that some of those three were not going to make it onto the podium? Yeah, when they would have made the mistake, uh, a jumping fall, then they would have dropped off the podium because on the end they all jumped clear. And it can happen quickly when you take all the risks. Uh, I would have said uh, definitely, uh, I think those three are the maybe the most competitive ones, uh, competitive combinations in the jump off. Uh, so yes, when they were going to leave all the poles up, then, then there was going to be the podium. And maybe also in this order. Marlon Bayer Johnson was on quite a few of our lists as well. Mikey, I think she was on your list too, if I'm not mistaken. Surprised for her not to make it on? 
Yeah, she was on my list. Um, I think she had the. Uh, I think she had the wrong end of the draw. Maybe if I if we have to say. Um, I think she was before um all the ones that um ended up ahead of her. So um, it's very hard to know what you have to do. Um, I think especially with six in the jump off um and all them really really fast combinations behind you that are maybe faster horses. So maybe you just have to um jump your clear around as fast as you can and hopefully they make a mistake. And unfortunately for. Ireland today, they didn't make a mistake. Because she's beaten by three seconds by Van Meer. She goes way. fourth, that's three way. seconds. That's, that's a lot in the jump off, actually, for that horse. Uh, okay, don't forget the, the pen was really, really fast today. Uh, yeah, maybe it did sometimes you have those jump offs, it just doesn't go as the way you plan it. As Mikey said, it's very hard to go in uh, at, the start of the, at the start of the start list. You don't know, you don't want to do too much. Uh, too much risk also, maybe a little bit in in the head, also the Nations Cup, where Sweden is a big favorite uh, now, I think, for the gold medal. Uh, I think now it was also an advantage for Ben to be after after Peter. He know he had to do something crazy, so he left one out uh, on the long line to the Oxe. Uh, he had to do something like that to, to, to win today. Yeah, th that brings us, um, the, the biggest scare of the day was maybe not that Niels Braunsels got eliminated, uh, not the, the, the Kilkenny incident, um, not the time fault of Scott Brash, but the fact that um, the order of go of the jump-off was different. How do you feel about that, Mike, um, that the order of go of the jump-off was based on the times of the first round? Yeah, um, I didn't expect it, um, really. Um but I suppose was was that was the way it was done the day before, so um, I suppose that's the way they done it. Um, didn't really expect that, and um, I don't know would would it would have would we've had a different result if um, if the order was different. Um, I don't know. It's for it's for us to think about, but um, it would be very interesting um, to see the jump off in uh, in a different order. Because yesterday I was all excited that Ben Mayer had moved himself into the leading position, and I thought, oh, this yeah. is exciting for uh, for Ben for for tomorrow. If it comes down to a jump off, he'll be lost to go. So that basically means, if this Olympic format is held, and I don't want to go too much on about the format, <laughs> but that if this Olympic format is held, that your time in on day one isn't relevant at all. You just have to jump within the 30 best. It's not about it's not about qualifying. Of course, if you qualify as the as the fastest, you're late to go in um, in this in the final round as it was now. Um, but as long as you're not first to go in the final round, it doesn't really matter. It's your time in that final round that matters apparently for a jump off. Yeah, I also didn't know that. I thought when I saw uh, the results of, of yesterday, Ben won. I thought, uh, yeah, he uh, this is did, the perfect. A, did it by extra. Yeah. He wanted to be last to go. He wants to put himself in that uh, pole position. And, uh, yeah, it was different. Uh, I was also surprised, I have to say. The energy in the room here was, was starting to get a little bit tense during the jump off. And I can only imagine that worldwide it would have been very similar to all show jumping fans who would have watched that jump off today. But can we talk about the times as well, by the way? Because we were trying to predict what would be good enough. Because... Daisuke Fukushima was the first out the gate, 43.76. All of a sudden, that time then moved to 40.76. Henrik von Ackermann, 39.71, took it faster. I think at that time of 39.71, Frank, I think you said it needs to be a second faster. Explosion will be a second faster. And all of a sudden, from 39, it jumped all the way down to the early 38s. Uh, How fast were you expecting this jump off to have to get 
to see you take gold because it just started becoming shavings yeah. of of split seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, they they went quicker and quicker. I think uh, that's how you want to see it. And what I said before, uh, uh, Peter really put Ben in that position that he needed to try everything, give everything, and uh, that's what makes uh, make this such a good class uh, to watch. Where did Ben make up the time? Seventeen hundredth, by the way. The difference between uh, wow. between Peter and Ben yeah. for second place or for first place. Yeah. Do you think you know where Ben made up the time? Because when you start talking about 38.02 and 37.85, I mean, Mikey, that's just minute. Where did he make it up? I think he did one last stride um, to the Oxer um, after the double across the middle. Um, maybe he did one more in the rollback, but um, explosions also very, very fast steps. So um, I, I think that's where I think where he won it. And uh, Hendrik van Eckerman um, kind of... Um, I I didn't have him in my in my um, in my top three, but when he came in, I thought, oh yeah, I, I remember Sancho Pay, massive stride, horse with a huge stride, horse with a with a massive push, lands deep into the lines. Uh, you could say that the jump off wasn't very technical; it was more about the galloping. Mm -hmm. um, so I I thought that Hendrik had the advantage um, to or had the possibility to certainly jump onto the podium, and then he comes into that um, into the last line, the last related distance before the turn back to the last fence. How did you look at that line? It was uh, vertical to Oxer. Yeah, vertical yeah. Oxer. Uh, as we heard before, uh, Edwina uh, walking the course, it was the same line in the first round. Edwina actually thought it was going to be a short six. Most of the people, I think they were doing five. We saw, for example, uh, Martin Fuchs, uh, who did six the first round and came very deep. Uh, and he had that down, he mm -hmm. had the last two fences down, he was also uh, one of those actually riders that had a few faults on the end. Um, so, you know, when in the first round already most of the people do five in the jump off, you kind of in your head maybe think the five is not even going to be too long now. Uh, he turned tight to the, to the plank, to the planks, uh, he got a little bit of a backwards jump and then accidentally made, uh, made six. And I think because he added there one, then you also don't get that same distance to the last, and that yeah, that costed a lot of cost a lot of time. So uh, if I listen correctly, you're saying um, he was planning on doing five. He knew that his horse had a big stride, so he knew that the five weren't going to be long. Um, and checking once, all of a sudden he had six. I think that's for my feeling. That's what happened. Yeah. Uh, you saw re he was really disappointed uh, when he came to the finish line, because uh, yeah, he felt maybe there was a bit more uh, again. Uh, the first and the gold and the silver medal was very hard to beat today. Uh, there was a little gap between second and third, and uh, yeah, it's a, it is a spot. Uh, it's only had the big difference uh, between the medal and, and and the fourth place, but yeah, someone uh, is ending up fourth, and, and luckily uh, it was Hendrik today. It's um, just under a second. It's eight tenths of a second the difference between uh, between third and fourth. Is that? the extra stride and maybe the loss of pace into the last turn? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Brutal. And this is the conversation that we started a little bit off air while we were watching the live, or actually as soon as the, the lives had ended. Where does this leave explosion? One of your great questions asked earlier. Where does this leave explosion on the list of, of, of potential all-time greats? Or maybe I'm being disrespectful, I should take potential out, but I just mean the list is never defined. So, Mikey, where does this now leave explosion on a list of of the greatest 
of all time? I think it has to leave him right up there. He's won um, Grand Prix in every different ring around the world. He's now winning Olympic gold. Um, and maybe if we know we haven't seen the best best of him yet, um, he's still young. Um, so um, we'll see in the next um, few years. Um, but what an amazing horse. Can he get better? I mean, that's frightening. Frank, can he get better still? I don't think there's going to be much better than an Olympic gold medal. That is, I think, uh, uh, something every rider dreams of. It's the biggest achievement you can have in this sport. Uh, but also, yeah, he, he, won, he won the Super Grand Prix in Prague. He won the overall uh, championship from the Global. Nice. Every Grand Prix there is, what Mikey said, around in, in every different type of ring. Let's give credit yeah, where it's due. Where does this leave Ben then as well? Yeah, but wait, wait, let's, uh, the, the question, can he get better, is a very good question. Um, is Explosion a better horse than the one that we saw in 2019? I think for sure it's did, more... Did you see him develop? Is he, is, he, is, he diff is, he, is he even better horse? Did you see any development? I think it's more, more, uh, more consistent. He was very, he's very careful, a little bit spooky. And sometimes maybe they got a bit green then when he was a young horse. Still, he won a lot. But you see now it's almost go going automatically when you watch his rounds. Then uh, our spot looks very, very easy. He's, uh, he's so naturally talented, no? Uh, um, any circumstance, any condition, the, the one thing, with when everything crumbles, the one thing that stays standing is his um, scope and carefulness, regardless of the situation. 100% and um, inside, outside, grass and um, doesn't matter and um, I think um, he's a very, very good instinct um, to leave the fences up. Um, sometimes if he makes a bit of a different jump or a different that, um, he still always um, seems to be able to leave the jumps up in the big moments and um, that's what makes him, I think, um, very, very special. Because we are talking about the list that includes Milton. Hickstead? Big star. Big star? Big star, yeah. Shutterfly? Or, or I, d I, d I don't know, it's maybe difficult to say no, that horse or that horse isn't in it, but... Yeah, you can go out a few uh, names, but uh, it's just a bit more difficult nowadays because there are so many more shows as before. Before there were those few shows a year and uh, that all the good horse rider combinations, they, they will be there and so it's easy to pick that best horse now there are shows all over the world uh, not every show they come all together but except here at the olympics they all came together to compete against each other and 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 he, st he still won it uh yeah and that's that's why i think it's but if, if if you look at some of the of the latest championship winners let's say since 2000 the champ i'm talking championship winners um explosion is probably the horse that is the most versatile, like you say, inside, outside, grass, sand, um, championships, and Grand Prix, and not competing in Grand Prix, winning in Grand Prix, like, like no other horse has done. There, even if you if you look at him on Grand Prix level, there's no other horse like Explosion. Hickstead is unbelievable. Hickstead has not not won the number of Grand Prix that Explosion has won, and then. We're talking championships. We're talking second in Rotterdam. We're talking um, gold now in Rio. The horse is 11 years young. There's Paris coming up. Um, I don't think he'll go to Reason back for the Europeans. 
um, that's maybe just a, a schooling round there. <laughs> but I mean, there's, there's I have to be, c uh, you, you have to be careful with what you say. But there is no other horse in history like him. No. So, uh, so I'll prompt you: Is is there any other horse in history like him? I don't know. It's difficult to say. Um, also, um, the horses before maybe didn't have the chance to win as many five second prix and this and 100%. that as, That's as, a as good explosion comment. has. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very difficult to say, but um, he's definitely up there with them anyway. Yeah, that's a good comment. They didn't he, have still he, he still has uh, things to fight for. When you see uh, uh, what, what, what Scott did that time with yeah. Hello Sanctos, for example, the Grand Slam to win something like that is also amazing, uh, amazing achievement. Uh, so I think I th I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think he won no. one of them yet. No, no, no. Won the, he won the tour twice, though. He won the Global Tour twice. Won yeah. seven yeah. or eight Grand Prix in two and years' time. And the yeah. Super Grand Prix. Yeah. This yeah. is also the first time that I've seen Ben Mayer overcome with emotion. And I want to take yeah. nothing away from all the victories that we've spoken about in the past because we've spoken to him here, in fact, uh, at Tops International Arena in Falkenspot, where he's won a handful of classes and, and big events over the last couple of months. Um, big success on the Launching Global Champions Tour as well, we know. But this is the first time, and maybe that's you know, defined by the platform that we we're talking about today being the Olympic Games. But this is the first time I've ever seen Ben Mayer completely overcome with emotion. Yeah, but do you remember the the victory interview after the Grand Prix here as well in Valkenswaard? He was also quite emotional. He was he was talking about um about his groom um I forgot his groom's name. He was talking about his groom who uh, who could really tell him, Hey Ben, he's in he's in good form today. He he feels well the connection between the horse, the groom, and the rider is is so strong, and they felt that there was something uh, there's something building. I think, uh, Mike, you mentioned it as well. Um, when you saw him get on the horse after the, we we don't know everything that played, but when you saw him get on the horse after um, the the ceremony, after the medal ceremony, he looked, he didn't look comfortable with his back. We had, and we know he had back surgery um, early two thousand, yeah, early two thousand. Yeah, um, it's easy for us to sit down and watch television and say um, that maybe he didn't look 100%, but um, he definitely um, looked maybe a little stiff getting on the horse. Yeah. Um, but um, it didn't it didn't cause any problems today no, no, no. anyway. Um, he done his job and um, it's unbelievable day. Here's a question for the room. Do you feel that grooms deserve a gold medal as well? Yes, definitely. So should there be two Definitely medals handed what, over? Uh, what uh, Frederick says before, uh, 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 the connection they have with the horses is very important for us, for us riders. Uh, on the end, you are one, you are one team, and uh, I think they definitely uh, deserve that. Okay, it's a hard thing. They don't, they also don't do it in other sports. Uh, a, a coach also doesn't doesn't get the gold medal. Uh, first, they definitely. Uh, Deserve that, and they are part of the team, and they will be mentioned uh, uh, everywhere. I know for Ben, it's also very, very important and a uh, big part of this uh, achievement. Would you like to see that happening, Mikey? That the rest of the team receive medals as well? Uh, definitely. Um, I think um, the grooms are such a big part of the thing. Um, sometimes, most of the time, maybe they know the horses better than we do, and um, they spend more time with the horses. And um, like uh, Frederick just said about. Um, Ben's groom saying when uh, he felt like Explosion was going to perform and he wins the Grand Prix. Um, I think um, it's amazing the connection they have with the horses and um, big well done um, to all the grooms um, 
in the Olympics and um, to everywhere and uh, doing a fantastic job. Cormac Kenny, that's the name of the group. Cormac. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it's the 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 FEI has put up a, a, a project to um, show more appreciation to um, to the grooms or to to involve them more, which is which is right. But of course, if you're talking about medals, it's it's an Olympic medal. Y you you. It's like you say th they don't do it in, in any other sport. Uh, I, I am complete. I completely agree that grooms should be more appreciated, and that we, that we or that organizers or that anybody in in the industry um, should look out more for them, um, because they're a, a wealth of experience and, and knowledge. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't go as far as as medals. I'm afraid. Okay, that's a no fair no question. No. I, I feel that as Mikey pointed out, w you know we know how close the grooms are to yeah. to you as the riders and and the interaction that they have with your horses. So, fair question. Wondering how much of a role they play in 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 getting you guys over the line. And and I would imagine that if if these grooms are working for years with particular horses, uh, I think that it's right. it's it's good justification. That's you know rewards sent their way, which I think is really pleasing. When are we going to let Frank talk about? The Dutchman. Now. Now. Perfect Michael time. van der Vleuten. <laughs> uh, well done. I'm, I'm really, really happy for him. Uh, it was his, uh, his day, a perfect day for him. He was in the form he needed to be to come on, uh, on the podium. Uh, he won uh, already a couple of five-star Grand Prix on this horse. Uh, on the end, maybe not the most experienced horse, but the last shows, he, he's just, the horse is so clever and, in, uh, and intelligent. It jumps almost always clear. It looks sometimes a bit funny. It goes a bit to one side, uh, but the result counts. And Michael, uh, you can s really see that he has a lot of experience in uh, in this moment. He has already a silver medal uh, Olympics in London with the team. <coughs> he had a fantastic horse in uh, Verdi for a long, long time. Uh, so he was probably waiting for uh, another horse to step up and to do that on, on this moment. Uh, yeah, I'm really, really happy for him. Uh, well done. On the big occasions, in the build-up to Tokyo, double clear in Rotterdam, double clear in the Grand Prix, be beat some other uh, Dutch guy. I don't remember <laughs> exactly. Um, where else was he? Uh, let's see, a five-star Grand Prix in Madrid and nine. Then it was the before. Double clear there in the team. Yeah, uh, class clear, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, here, four-star Grand Prix in Valkenswaard, double clear. Um, class before that, double clear very consistent and he started really late yeah. low and slow in his build-up to the olympics now yeah his horse was off for a bit uh, after last year and uh, he really gave him the time you know uh, the when the olympics uh, are coming uh, you don't want to rush it uh, you don't need to be in form uh, too early it's this week you want to be on your best so uh, they managed it uh, amazing uh, uh, yeah they were there at the right at the right time I'm surprised you haven't told us about the Netherlands 25 medals that uh, Michael van der Vluten now makes 26. You were very proud in mentioning 20, now yeah, 26. I'm not, I'm is it 26? Sure if it's, I, I only know uh, the record is 25 from Sydney, when actually uh, you and Dobbelam won gold and Albert won silver. So they were a big part of those uh, medals. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think we're going to catch the 25 medals. Uh, 25 medals this year. I'm not sure where we are. I think 22, 23, we're still... Uh, few days to come and uh, hopefully we'll add one in show jumping team team medal? Well, uh, yeah we have a chance definitely uh, it's it's difficult to pick the winner especially now we don't have a drop score anymore so uh, everything can happen uh, first the qualification on uh, on friday and then 
yeah uh, the three the three is uh, looking very very promising mm -hmm. i have to say uh, but definitely we are one of the the outsiders uh, for a medal before we go ahead and talk teams um you were right up to the last moment in contention for a place in tokyo how do you feel now that watching it from here of course i would have uh, loved to be there uh kind of our last show uh, was in uh was in Rotterdam where we actually won the Nations Cup, uh, where we jumped together with Mark Houtzaar, uh, Willem Greven and Michael van der Vleuten, the three that are in uh, in Tokyo now. So you, you, you watch it with two feelings, you wanted to be there, we trained hard for it. Uh, Rotterdam wasn't good enough, uh, so the riders uh, that are there now, they deserve to be there and uh, I know them very good, we are all good friends, uh, thankfully. Uh, I wish them all the best and uh, I was, uh, as you saw, I think <laughs> I was cheering today <laughs> and I will be cheering, uh, cheering for the Nations Cup. We spoke very briefly, Mikey, in the last few minutes before we wrap up today about this being a very talented group of Irish riders. I mean, you are blessed with a very, very impressive generation right now. Going into the team's competition at the end of the week, are you truly confident that Ireland can, can pull out a medal? Yeah, I think they have a very, very good chance and... Um, I think um, Bertram's horse is in very good form. Dara's horse jumped a very good round today as well. And um, Shane Sweetham coming in with a fresh horse. Um, anything can happen um, and hopefully they'll have a good result. Um, I think it's maybe the right decision from Keane with his horse only being nine. And then um, what happened today. So um, Shane Sweetham is getting the call in and um, hopefully he'll have two very, very good rounds. Early predictions for team medals at the end of the weekend? Um, I definitely think um, Ireland have a very good chance. Um, I think the Swedish have a very, very strong team, and I think so do the the Belgians. I think now maybe um, my teammate from the Central Bay Pirates, um, Peter De Vos, might get the call in. Um, will be interesting to see. When you watch Peter De Vos, and I'm so glad he went there very quickly. <laughs> I try to stay away <laughs> from the subject <laughs> as long as possible. Now that you now you talk about your Global Champions League teammates, when you see them performing. Are you torn between saying, hey, that's my GCL teammate, that's really cool, versus, well, what if he does something to keep Ireland out of contention? How do you, how do you deal with that? Like now it's national pride versus friendship, teammates? No, definitely. Yeah, I'm mean, rooting for him. Um, but I think um, Ireland will always come first. Okay, Ireland always come first. Uh, you see hey, it actually here? In, in different sports, for example, soccer, uh, you jump in a team for your club. Uh, but then uh, for everyone it's a very big proud to jump for your nation and then when you jump for your nation then the team uh, with your club is over you go you go for uh, for your country yeah. well, because it was almost Hendrik van Eckerman your Scandinavian Viking teammate yeah. is beaten by his fellow countryman Michael van der Vleuten you see and that's what I wonder about the national pride versus friendship GCL relationships um, your early predictions for team medals we've spoken about our strong Sweden are Mikey's suggesting Ireland right up there. Undoubtedly, you want Netherlands to feature as well. Your early thoughts on, on who you think we might be talking about at the end of the weekend? Yeah, it's, it's difficult to say. Uh, for sure, the Swedes are in, in, in a great form. Uh, so I think they will, they will be uh, the big favorite now, for now. Uh, before it all started in Tokyo, I had America on my list as a second, uh, second place. None of them qualified, actually, for the final. Uh, yeah, so they have fresh horses. I don't know if it helps or not. Uh, maybe uh, McLean is going to jump uh, the Nations Cup. Mm -hmm. 
so definitely they they will still be country to uh, be on the podium and uh, who did I predict for third I think the Swiss I had on the on the third place uh, you never know there are there are many strong counties the Irish the Dutch the Belgians Germany still there uh, it, it's hard to say, but but Sweden is uh, is the favourite. Belgium won't do much, surely, will they, Virgil? <laughs> Come back strong. <laughs> it was it was it was a big disappointment. Uh, I think I w- I'm just as disappointed as you, uh, Michael. Um, you had three fellow countrymen in uh, in that final, and no one went through to the jump of no medals. It's just the same for us. I think just for us, it the way it happened for the Belgians is is even more sour. So there we go. We've spoken about. About how, many medal, how many medals do you have in Belgium and Ireland actually so far? Ouch! I think I think fired. we have we have many <laughs> we have many fired. we have so many we it's just we we can't we didn't count them yet. Shots yeah. fired, Frank. Jeez. Uh, but Ireland have a few, but not as many as Holland anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, um, Jérôme Guéry. Yeah, um, I think his horse jumped a great round. Um, I think maybe uh, there was a miscommunication to the last jump. Um, I think he also heard the whistles that he was getting close to the time and um, it was a miscommunication. Um, it was very, very unlucky and the horse was jumping amazing. Um, was a, was a such a pity. What is miscommunication at that point? Because both you, Michael, and Frank, you both had him on uh, in your top three. You had him, I think, for bronze. You had him for silver. Yeah. In your top three, what was miscommunication? What what went wrong there? How did you look so at um, it? I think uh, okay, maybe you already had the feeling you was a little bit behind behind uh, the time uh, time schedule actually, and then yeah, pe- what Mikey said, people start whistling, maybe it gets in your head, and then he, he he probably wanted to rush to the last, but then didn't didn't get there, and yeah, then he had to make he had to pull one time, make one extra, and there was no distance anymore. Uh, something never happens with Jerome. He's an amazing rider and very cool rider as well. And yeah, it happened today. And uh, the horse was in great shape. He was so was he. Uh, this was his his moment. You know, uh, you don't get a horse like that uh, every time. Uh, so it's a shame uh, it happened today uh, on the last fence. Is it convenient, uh, Mike, that they that uh, people fr- around the ring whistle? To to signal you that you're slow, is it convenient? Does it bother you? No, um, I think um, mo- most of the time when people whistle, um, maybe you think you're okay on time and they're helping you. Um, where you're going a bit slower, you shouldn't be or whatever. They're trying to help you. Um, okay, sometimes um, it's not a it's not a helper. It's not um, what you need at that time or that moment in the course. Um, but um, people are only trying to help you and um, trying to get you inside the time. Is there any code that we outsiders don't know of? That that is there is there does Jos? Um, I don't think Jos does it, but uh, uh, flag anything? Does he does he at, at any? Do you decide this sound indicates time no, to move? You do re- you do recognize uh, some people whistling like. I know everyone. You you recognize uh, Jos's whistle. If someone does it more often, then uh, yes, but yeah, it's hard to say. It's part of the sport. Uh, in in the dressage, for example, we all need to be very very quiet, and uh, sometimes we maybe find it a little bit boring. And and in show jumping, especially when there is a big crowd, and uh, also in a jump off, uh, when the crowd gets behind it, also uh, you get better from it. 
it's uh, again it's part of it and and to be honest uh, yeah they were whistling today i i think he would have had a time fold as well if he jumped it so it was not for no reason and uh, yeah, there's not much more uh, more to say about it so frederick we have a couple giveaways still to come yeah. today because remember we spoke about giving things away all week long in fact and before we get there i do want to give everyone an opportunity to give some closing thoughts on the day because i think we've discussed a lot today we've discussed some surprises some shocks some final fence refusals nosebleeds gold medals shaving off seconds maybe to give frank and michaels an opportunity just to, to gather their thoughts let's start with you then frederick some some closing thoughts, some reaction to a, an individual Olympic show jumping final. What will you take home today? Yeah, um, what we like to take home, I will think about the format. Oh, that's one thing. But I will also um, think about the fact that we, um, in the last two or three years, this year and the coming years, we are looking at one of the most extraordinary show jumping horses that we will ever see. Ever. I mean, he's coming to London. Uh, ben Mayer, I, do, I don't think Explosion will be there. Uh, ben Mayer is coming to London. Peter Felixen is coming to London. We're going to see the athletes. But the horse Explosion W is... It's like it's like um, my, uh, my uh, people who are 20, 30 years older who have seen um, Muhammad Ali fight. Right. We've seen the Muhammad Ali of show jumping jump. That's, for me, that's the... The thing that I'll take away. Quick side note as well. If you want to go to London, let's not forget there are a couple of tickets available as well, by the way, for the Longines Global Champions Tour. If you want to go and join us in London, that is next weekend. And there's no mouth mask anymore in London. No masks, open oh. arena. So show jumping as perhaps you are used to it in yep. years gone by. There are still tickets available. Please go and check out uh, the websites that we have available for you and you can get some details there. My London... Uh, ensuring that we have a really, really well-fitted, well-suited, well-enjoyed events coming up next weekend and for and the Longines Global Champions. And a great reception for the Olympic champion. Absolutely. Well welcoming. Yeah. Mikey, your takeaway from today, what, what really stood out for you? What do you remember today? Um, I think it was amazing to see Explosion win um, individual gold medal. Um, I felt a little bit sorry for Martin Fuchs and um, Clooney. I think um, a lot of people had him to be there, thereabouts, and... Um, He's very unlucky today. The horse has been has been getting back to top shape and top form, um, but it's one of them things, and um, they'll be there again. Um, I think um, was amazing sport, and um, again, big well done to the course builder. I think um, if a course different course builder was there, um, it could have been a whole different story, um, but it was absolutely amazing sport. Frank, your takeaways? Uh, yeah. Great sport, well-deserved winner, and uh, well done to Michael van der Vloot. <laughs> <laughs> deservedly so, deservedly <laughs> so. Um, we have a social media winner for today, and a reminder that we are posting a whole bunch of exciting content on social media for you at the Longines Global Champions Tour. Go and check it out. We are asking you to share our content to your stories, to, of course, be following the Longines Global Champions Tour, and to tag someone in that post as well. If and when you do that, you will be selected, hopefully, as the winner, who today is uh, underscore Juliette underscore star underscore. So essentially, Juliette Star is our big winner today, who will receive uh, a signed Longines Global Champions Tour cap from both Michael and from Frank. And Michael's signature, by the way, we need the to bring this up. Yeah. I say this with such love, Michael. It looks like 
a nine-year-old has just written their two initials. It's literally a big <laughs> M and a big P. So much so that Flosspiss Jones, our, our PR officer, had to come and say, Mikey, please, like people aren't going to believe that you signed it. Like it looks like I wrote it. Where did that come from? Is that just like a, a quick initial signature for fans or do you legitimately sign M? P when you do things. No, but it was quite difficult um, <laughs> on the hat. <laughs> so, um, so, right. so to, to Juliet Star, when you receive your hat that has been signed by it Michael real. Pender, it is legitimate real. Frederick DeBacher and myself did not sign that cap for him. He did sign it. Um, and your signature is far better, Frank. So thank you very okay. much for, for putting that in. Um, but that it's does something good anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed being able to watch the, the individual final today. We certainly have had, uh, loved having you around. Um, I know that it's a big part of your afternoon. So, Mikey, thank you very much for coming out today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Frank, you have a good time today? Thank you. Yeah, that was good. I really enjoyed it, I have to say. Okay, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. We have a couple guests. There is respite tomorrow. No action tomorrow. We are back again on Friday. For Who do we have? I'm excited about this. And I know that you want to ask uh, Angelica. Angelica Zanotelli is one of our guests. And we have been speaking a lot about Marlon yesterday and his performance. And I wonder if and when she'll be able to give us some reaction to that on Friday. Um, and Angelica will be joined by Lucas Porter oh, yeah. on Friday. So for the start of the team competition on Friday, we'll be back again for round three of the Global Champions podcast. A reminder again that it is available to you for free with your GCTV access pass. And please do join uh, Frederick, myself, Angelica and Lucas for the start of the weekend's action. So thank you very much for today, Frederick. And thank you too. Always great to have you here. We'll see you again on Friday here on GCTV. Please do join us again for yet another edition of the Global Champions podcast. Have a good night. Bye-bye.